Hey, hey. Hello. Welcome to Murder Happy Hour. We are your hosts, Amber and Morgan. Hopefully you guys are all still safe. Washed your hands. Yeah. Feeling good. Didn't run out of toilet paper in this week. Yeah. Hopefully we're on the, we record these ahead of time, so hopefully now, (laughs) in real time, we're on the downslide a little bit here, but not much we can do about it, so... So we're just going to distract ourselves with murder and murder death stories. Yep, mm-hmm. exactly. This week is a solved case. Yay. This one's this one's mine. Morgan searched solved cases. I know. I was like, we can't keep doing this. We're going to lose listeners. I don't know. See, I like I like me a good unsolved. I know. Because then you go look it up afterwards, mm-hmm. too, and stuff. I don't know. But solved ones are good, too, especially yes. this one is a... It's a good story. I mean, it's yes. it's a terrible story. It, it's it's a about terrible murder. Story. They're yes, all but terrible. It's, but it's, no, I don't want to say heartwarming ending. But it's like a well, you, you got just, just you listen got served. And, and listen, and you'll find out. Yes. <laughs> this one we kind of had a hard time picking one for this week because there was one that we really wanted to cover. Oh yeah, and we would really like to at some time, but um, it's pretty local. Pretty local. Yeah, we. I guess it doesn't hurt to say that. We had a listener request for the Drew Shadeen case, yeah. which at some day we would love to cover because anyone from the North Dakota state, really, mm-hmm. um, this was a really big case when we were in, was it even in high school? I Probably middle school, middle high school. school. Yep, I was in middle school when it happened. Super, super sad case, but the guy actually is still alive on death row, so <laughs> we're going to hold that for yeah, now. Yeah, we don't yeah. want to. But if you have a chance, just... Read about yeah, it. Yeah, read about mm-hmm. it, and it's going to make you so angry. Yes. That's the other problem, too. I have a lot of opinions yep. about this case, and I, I don't know that I feel overly... Not that we have, like, a giant listener base, no, but I don't but, feel overly and we safe wanna, sharing those opinions yeah. at this and time. And we want to be respectful to her family and her Absolutely. friends. First and, and so foremost, there's there could be people that, that we know that, that know her. Yep, exactly. So, so we're going to leave that one alone for right now, but someday, maybe, we'll put it in the files with Ted Bundy and John Bene Ramsey and... Are you getting sick of those names yet? <laughs> I still haven't watched the documentary. I did get an offer for Amazon Prime, though, so... Oh. Yeah. You'll have to do that. I'm gonna try. But right now, guys, I'm watching Love is Blind. Oh, and I know I'm God. a little behind the times because I'm trying not... I'm like, oh, gosh, so many spoilers. But I just started it, and I'm kind of addicted, and I'm almost embarrassed to admit it because I Mm-mm. hate those kind of shows. Yeah, I'm not into that. But like, I love this one. One of our coworkers is so into The Bachelorette, and I just want to barf. I just, it's just too much for me. I hate The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. I haven't watched The Bachelor or The Bachelorette since I was, like, in high school. I just don't have time for it. Since Ben picked Courtney, I'm still not over it, and I'm not watching it anymore yeah. because I knew then it was fake. Yeah, sorry, guys, it's fake. Well, and even if it's not fake, it's stupid. Spoiler alert, Peter's not with anybody now. He's a Bowie, as my kid says. A Bowie. So, yeah, anyway, I also, along with having a lot of opinions about murder, also have a lot of opinions about The Bachelor. (laughs) Yeah, same. (laughs) But not, but Love is Blind, though, is different, guys. I can't even. Every time I see it pop (laughs) up, I'm like, God, I just can't. Um, If you haven't yet, I'm just going to give a little plug. Watch The Stranger on Netflix. Oh, yeah, also on my list. Super good. And the book 
Oh, it's if you fantastic. haven't read the book, read the book because seriously, like fantastic. I, book. And I'm not. I mean, I li- I like reading, and I love me a good like mystery murder mystery mm-hmm. novel. But I just like it's got to be a good book to keep me hooked and to keep me reading it. And this one was that. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind so of a good. book nerd. That's kind of yeah. like my forte is books and all of that stuff but the book was fantastic the show's a little bit different but the show was fantastic and i'm excited to watch the show because i did read the book quite a while ago. me too i like to distance myself like a couple years between that so definitely there's a little plug there is to hit that one up and actually another book i know you're not here to talk about books you're here to talk about fast forward just give us a couple like 30 second clicks ahead if you don't want to listen to this i just finished listening to the jessica simpson book (laughs) <laughs> which is totally out of my realm if you know me like but it really wasn't bad like it was pretty Aww. interesting she talked a lot about like a be she was sexually abused as a child mm-hmm. um oh i saw like she, a tv special yeah. where she was interviewed about this yep. and some of the stuff she wrote yeah about. she had like a lot of alcohol and i don't want to say pill issues but like she was basically taking uppers to help her stay skinny and getting wasted like it being it was an alcoholic hmm. and like basically almost died like it was not good so it was really interesting a lot more than what you'd think from sweet little chicken of the sea did she read her own book yep oh i like when people do that it was interesting because i was like oh this is gonna be and like hearing about all about her breakup from nick lachey and how ugly that was and stuff it was interesting so if you're just looking for like a want to listen to something without getting like you don't have to get super into it it's not like a murder if you want a break from, from doom and death, yeah. I mean, it's still semi-depressing parts of it, but... Yeah, but we know that you're that kind of a person yeah. if you're listening to this, so... So, there's another book good. recommendation. I actually, and I haven't started it yet, so I shouldn't even, but I'm very excited because I, I like to browse the new book section at my library. <laughs> <laughs> and there is a book, and I'm terrible because I don't even know what it's called, but it's about... Um, there was a book. There was a book, and it was read. written by a person. <laughs> no, you read it. It's, it's a, a book. <laughs> it's about. It's about the guy. <laughs> okay, guys, I ran upstairs, <laughs> got my book, and now I'm out of breath. <laughs> but I have a title and an author for you. It's called American Sherlock, Murder Forensics, and the Birth of American CSI oh. by Kate Winkler Dawson. No idea if it's going to be good because I haven't started it yet. Sounds interesting. But it's about, yeah, it's about this guy who basically, like, back in the 1930s, I think, just came up with all this science for solving crimes. And, I mean, it's stuff that, like, has since probably been dismissed, like, handwriting analysis or... That's still cool. Yeah, but he just, like, yeah, like, stuff with fingerprinting. Huh. Things like that, like gun forensics. Anyway, so I'm super excited to read it. Interesting. Yeah. So like I said, this week is a solved case. Finally. I'm so out of breath. You need to get it together for a minute here? <laughs> to get it together. I feel like I'm talking to my three-year-old. Like, you go to your room and you get it together and you come out when you're ready to act Count like a to big boy. And... So this week we're covering the case of Angela Samota. She was a 20-year-old girl who was enrolled at Southern Methodist University in Dallas in 1984. She was studying computer science and electrical engineering, which in 1980-something was, like, very unheard of. Like, engineers and computer science, that was not a 
female thing, which no. is weird because it wasn't that long ago. But well, no, but I mean, even now, there's not a ton of female engineers. No, so, more than right, and it's not crazy by any means. But yeah, I mean, she was like definitely super smart, smart and mm-hmm. yeah. So she was part of a sorority, just like a, they called her like a triple threat. Like she was pretty, she was smart, she was bubbly, like she was. Just like you're all around. Alice, are you kidding me? (laughs) I'm trying to talk. Alice just jumped on her back. And used me as a scratching post. (laughs) Alice is a jerk. She is a jerk. So. October 12th, 1984, Angela was attending the Texas State Fair with two friends. One was a guy that she knew kind of, like not super, mainly more like an acquaintance, and one was a good girlfriend. And I think, so, I think this guy was like somebody in her field, like... He was an architect. Yeah, like, she, it was almost like a networking type thing. Yeah, like, it. she had a boyfriend, and yeah, it was yeah, not, yeah. and her boyfriend knew that this guy was going with her that night. Her boyfriend didn't go with because... Yeah, like, this wasn't weird that yeah, she was Yeah, he had to get guy. up early to work the next day, yep. so it was not a big deal. So her and these two friends um, went to the Texas State Fair. The University of Texas was playing University of Oklahoma the next day, which I guess is this weekend is like a huge deal in Texas. We're about as far from Texas, Texas as football, you. Yeah. I think is yeah. yeah, you can imagine. So So then Angela and her two friends went to the Real Room Dance Club. Went out clubbing. Sounds like a fun college night. Yeah, until about one AM. She then drove her friends home, showed up at her boyfriend's to say goodnight, which I'm like, what? But I suppose there wasn't texting back in the day, so you can't text them when you get home and be like, made it home, good night. Right, so I guess you, you just swing by. by. swing by at 1.30 in the morning to say good night. And then she went home. Had one, went home. Yeah. So soon after she got home, her boyfriend got a call from her that was really kind of strange. She said that there was a guy there asking to use her bathroom. Oh. Which, No. No. I'm totally not one of those people that would be like, sure. So she's like, hey, just stay on the phone with me, blah, blah, blah. And the line got disconnected. Well, do you think maybe, okay, and this is just like me speculating, and I didn't research this case as thoroughly as you did. Do you think maybe it's like one of those things where she got the chance to grab a phone and was trying not to make it seem super obvious or something? Mm -hmm. Like trying to alert her boyfriend Mm -hmm. of like, this is a weird situation, but I'm not going to be like, Help! Panic! You know what I mean. Panic and run! Panic and run! Right. Um, so, the phone got disconnected. Her boyfriend, like, immediately called the apartment manager, and he, like, took off for her place. So, the, her boyfriend was outside, like, knocking at the door. Finally, the police got there and got the door open, and her dead, naked body was laying on the bed. Oh, I just, like, got so many goosebumps. Like, I knew I knew this is what happened, but just listening yeah. to you say it. <clears throat> and basically the thought is that he was still in the apartment, and, oh, like, God. that's when he killed her was when the boyfriend, like, was knocking on the door because he raped her first. But her eyes were, like, still open. Like, sh- ugh, yeah. Ugh, so they think scary. basically what happened is that he was still there, must have snuck out another door or something before the police could get there. She was dead. She had been stabbed many, many times and died from a stab wound to the heart. So they think that um, he probably started stabbing her when the boyfriend got there to, like, keep her quiet. I suppose, but it's like... 
I was gonna say that's not logical, but never mind. This is like yeah. a scum of the earth. I mean, no first logic. you're raping somebody. Yeah, so it's you're not breaking no. in and raping mm-hmm. a girl. Yeah, okay. So the investigation went on from 1984 until basically there was nothing from 1984 to 2006. Um, they for a long time the suspect was the male friend who she was with that night who was an architect. He was 23 years old. His name was Russell Buchanan, which is interesting because now he's one of Dallas's like most famous architects. Wow. So kind of weird how that... They didn't know each other well. Like I said, they had just met yeah, not was, long before that. Yeah. He didn't... So an interesting thing is the night that she died, they were out together. The next morning, he got up and flew to Dallas to go to a friend's wedding. So they thought he, like, fled. Fled, So oh. they interviewed him, like, so many times. Yeah, it like, like they kept Yeah, they basically, in. this poor guy, it was for, like, 20 years that it was, like, off and on constant. And everybody believed he did yes. it. I mean, like, her, yeah, like, her best friend, who we'll get more mm-hmm. into later, too, here, but, like, convinced that it was this guy. I mean, yeah. everybody just knew it, but they just didn't have... At one point, this best friend, who was actually one of Angela's roommates, actually went and met this guy for dinner wearing a wire to try and get information out of him. Like, that's how certain they were that this was the guy. and she, like, felt, she was like, yep, I'm sitting by a murderer. I'm talking to a murderer. Trying to do what I have to do, yep. Um, And then they also looked at her boyfriend for a little bit, but that was really quickly ruled out. So there was... Totally case unsolved, no leads, no investigations until about um, 2005-6-ish. This is where we get to the really cool part. Mm -hmm. So Angela's roommate, Sheila, her her name now is Sheila Wysocki. She now is a stay-at-home mom in 2005-6-ish timeline doing Bible study. When she swears Angie's ghosts came to her... And, like, begged her to work on solving the case. Yeah. she just Which like, I don't, like, believe what you want about ghosts, but, like, super weird. And that's what she even said, like, um, I read this article written by her, and she was just like, I don't know if it was, like, you know. Yeah. If it had to do with, you know, my faith, or if it was a ghost, yep. or whatever, but it was just like, okay, it was her, and she yep. came to her, and. Yep. So, she got... The case reopened because she was, like, constantly badgering the police. This is the friend you want. I actually, I told my husband when I was reading this, I was like, Morgan would do this for me. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, basically, she, like, badgered them until they were so sick. The police were so sick of her that they assigned this woman named Linda Crum to the case in 2006. And how many, like, it was, like... I saw a number. I want to say she called, like... Like over 500, 500 times. times, yes. Like, she was not... Between 2005 and 2006, she called 500 times. Like... The fact that she even had to do this is, Yeah, is a problem. Yes, So but. they had told her that the rape kit at the scene was lost in the Dallas floods. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently not. It wasn't. Because <laughs> Linda Crum ran blood, semen, and fingernail samples against, like, the known criminal database, which we now know of CODIS, but mm-hmm. they didn't get a hit until 2008, so two years that DNA was sitting in the database. Because um, it takes that long. That's the worst part, like, you think, I mean, DNA is... Or he wasn't in jail. Or, yeah, but, like, mm-hmm. either way, it's, yeah. 
DNA is awesome, but you have to have the right mix of yep. time. and Yep, right, perfect and, storm. Yep, exactly. So then this Linda Crumb calls Sheila, and she's like, we got him. And Sheila's like, okay, yeah, this Russell Buchanan, like, you got him. And she's like, no, I don't know who you're talking about. Like, no, that's not him. Mm-hmm. It was this gentleman named Donald Bess who, when Angie was murdered, was on parole while serving a 25-year <sighs> sentence. And if you see a picture of him, this man was, like, over 300 pounds, like, not even six foot tall, and just looks like a little creeper. Like, I, no way, I'm sorry, Angela, I'm not meaning to shame the dead, but no way in hell would I let that guy into my apartment. But, again, it's like, did Maybe, that really yeah. happen, or did he meet her in the hallway and get in, get yeah. in somehow, and she was just kind of... And, I mean, and basically what they think is that um, he saw her at a bar, and she was beautiful, she was bubbly, and he basically was, like, like fixated her, on her. Yeah. yeah, which now I don't want to walk out to my car, so this is going to be great. <laughs> in my, I mean, my dimly lit neighborhood. I mean, I haven't showered for three days, and she I know is, I'm looking pretty good. <laughs> she is beautiful and bubbly. <laughs> <laughs> so Donald Andrew Best Jr. was born in Arkansas in 1948. He was convicted in 1978 on aggravated assault and aggravated kidnapping. He was sentenced to 25 years in prison. This was the charge that he was out on parole for when Angie was murdered. 1985, he was convicted. um, This is unrelated to Angie's case. So he killed Angie in 1984. 1985, he was convicted for aggravated rape, aggravated kidnapping, and sexual assault and received a life sentence. So, actually, when they finally got his DNA matched, he was already in jail serving a life sentence. Yes. Which he had already been in jail for committing the same crime and was on... Mm -hmm. Like, do we see the issues here? Yeah. Like, in 1978, he hadn't killed anybody yet. Have we we heard of repeat offenders? Like, this is how this... This makes me so angry. So... This happened. 2010, he went to trial... There were other women that came forward Mm -hmm. saying that he raped them. His ex-wife testified that he raped her and abused her and their children during their marriage. They were only married for like two or three years. Mm -hmm. June 8th, 2018, Mr. Donald Bess was found guilty on the basis of DNA evidence and received the death sentence by Felicia. Can we get an amen? Think what you want about the death sentence, but... But it's like... Some hashtag karma. Like, I'm sorry, but this lady did not have to die. You no. should not be able to um, kidnap rape, and rape kidnap somebody. Kidnap and rape this many people. Yeah. And go to jail for it and get paroled for yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Like, oh, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. No worries. Yeah. And, and he, there was some, oh. there was some, like, legality that he, like, snuck through. Like, he should have been. Oh, and this, I'm sure, happens all the time. He didn't get, in 1978, he didn't get put in for life. He just got the 25 years, so that's why he got paroled. So, like, uh, stupid loophole or whatever, and this lady had to die because of it. March 2013, uh, Donald's appeal was rejected, and his court judgment was affirmed, and he is still on death row in Polunsky Prison with no execution date set to this day. So there he sits. There he is. But, like... He's off the streets, at least. Yep. He's and not. he's old. Well, not super old. 1948. So he is... 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 
Yeah, 72. <laughs> it took me a long time Here's to get around to that. We haven't done any math on air in a while. He's <laughs> 72-ish. But the coolest part about this story is her friend became, actually, got licensed to be a private yes. investigator to solve this case. Yes. Like, this has been in people. This this was, like, a huge story a couple years ago. So this is a fun one. To, not fun to cover, but, like... But, like, this is what you want in a friend. Yeah, like, you go, girl. You, she was not letting it go. Nope. And, like, after 24 years... They finally got a match on her friend's case. Yep, solved. I love it. And she kept her license. Yep, she's she was, still a PI. Yeah, she was going to retire. You know, she'd, like, done her thing mm-hmm. that she intended it for, but people were like, no, like, you You're can good do at this. this. You're good at this, and we want your help. And she, yeah, she worked really hard mm-hmm. to pass this and to get it, and I think it's just really cool of her. It's, so it's a, it's a kind of cool solved story about, like, a little bit of a happy ending that justice was served. Justice and was served, at least. Captain Nasty Pants... Ugh. I just... You don't just, like, kidnap and rape people once. No. I mean, it's not just a thing. Like... Nope. You eventually end up murdering them as well, Mm -hmm. so... Because their boyfriend's outside knocking on the door or whatever god else there could be. Right. So, there's your... There's a solved case, guys. This is the first one in, like... In a while. Five weeks. (laughs) Which is... Probably going to be the last one for a while. There's a lot of unsolved ones out there. I know. Which is sad. This one was a good one, though. I just, like, Googled and was typing in, and I was like, oh, this one is great. Mm -hmm. And the People article was really good. And she literally, like, is still pissed at the police. Like, you guys were not going to solve this. She's like, so I'm going to do it myself. Yeah, also check out um, the bbc article that's actually written by her um it's bbc news my best friend's killer got away until i made police try again is what it's called so all our sources are on our website but yeah check those out because yeah this This is a neat story this lady is really awesome she's a boss babe yeah Ugh, i hate that boss babe boss babe i know i wanted to say boss babe but but (laughs) i'm trying to clean up my language i've been doing pretty good But yeah, so that's our story for today. So until next time, guys, stay stay safe, safe, lock lock your your freaking freaking doors, doors, and wash your hands. Keep washing your hands. Bye.